Good morning, 737 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Joining us now, we have Mike Wood. He is the uh, public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Hey, Mike, welcome back to the show, sir. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, the only thing that I had on my radar for things that have happened this last week is that we had uh, the stabbing on North Palifax. We'll get to that in a second. But has there been anything else that's happened, uh, major crimes news-wise, in the last couple of days? No, sir, there hasn't. Well, I will take that. Uh, that is a good day to me. So uh, what did happen with this stabbing, and do, you know, what do we know at this point? What we do know is it happened at Powell Fox and Jordan, and behind an old attorney's office, there's an area where uh, some homeless gather and hang out, and it happened near there. Um, a male was stabbed in the stomach. The motive and, and that type of thing is still under investigation, but uh, he was trauma-alerted to the hospital. Uh, but when officers arrived, he was alert and conscious, so um, it looks like that he's, he's going to make it, uh, but the wounds were serious. We are still looking for a suspect. Uh, and witnesses that that may you know know something about it or saw something, and, and if anybody knows anybody that uh, that saw that or may have seen it, that please give us a call because you know we know there were people in the area. We just sometimes have an awful time getting people to talk to us. I got you. So you mentioned that there there is a it's a known location where homeless people are. Uh, I, I assume you wouldn't bring that up unless this was a connection that at least the people involved in this, perhaps on both sides, are likely homeless. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. All right. But we're still looking and we don't really know the motives and we're just trying to find people who are willing to tell us what they know at this point. All right. Fair enough. Uh, One of the things I have seen this in the news and I wanted to ask you about this because when I first see a story, I kind of like, okay. And then I see it four or five times like, okay. And then I see it a bunch of like, okay. So we're seeing this story coming up to Halloween about the rainbow fentanyl, about fentanyl and drugs that are. Um, basically in the shape of candies. And of course, the horrifying possibility there is that kids might inadvertently take them or, you know, that they might be deliberately packaged this way in order to appeal to children. First of all, what can you tell us locally? Are we seeing anything like that here in Pensacola? It has been in the area. It hasn't been a huge issue, but it is here. And we want to urge parents to please go over everything, all the candy that uh, the kids get, on Halloween, and if anything looks suspicious, to please contact us. And Andrew, there's some packaging on this fentanyl, these drugs that looks um, that looks real, that looks like that it's it, it's candy, and it and it came from a store. And uh, that's simply not the case. This is stuff that can kill you. Um, so the the key is, and not only on Halloween, but the key is to talk to your children and don't have one big long talk one time about taking pills that didn't come from a doctor or a pharmacy. You need to have small, quick talks all the time with your children and keep reminding them before they go out the door each day to make good decisions and to never, ever take pills from anybody other than those that came from their doctor or a pharmacy. You mean it's like advertising where people need to hear it again and again and again and kids need to hear a message again and 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 again? Is that what you're telling me? That's exactly right. You know, in these schools they send me to, we're told that you have to hear something 14 to 15 times before it settles in your head and you decide to buy that product or do what they're trying to get you to do. It takes that many times. So, uh, you know, the attention span these days, and not only children, a lot of adults is very short. So, yeah, we wanted you to have those conversations very often. Uh, and it does not, again, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes long, just a quick 
uh, hey, don't do this, don't do that. And, and your your friends, the people you think that are your friends, could could easily kill you with this stuff. The um the packaging that you're seeing when you say it looks store bought, um, does you don't mean that it's made to look like existing brands. You just mean that it looks official. Is that do I have that right? You have that exactly right. It's not an official a brand, but it looks the packaging is not what you see uh, with street drugs. You know, the the corner of a baggie cut out and twisted and and tied in a knot. It's much better than that. Okay, and that's a, again, that's a good thing to be aware of. Is it just because it looks like it was from a store doesn't mean that it's safe to eat? And you know, again, so that's that's a very good news note. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is, in general, um, you know, we got coming up Halloween, and this is one of those times where we really emphasize safety for the kids, safety for the adults, everything. I'm going to kind of give you carte blanche. Tell me all the things you want parents and kids to know as we're looking at Halloween on Monday. The biggest thing is to go uh, trick or treating door to door in areas that you're familiar with, uh, and when even in those areas, if a if a home has the lights turned out, they don't want you up there, or they're not at home. Please skip that house. You know, there's a lot of people that have signs up, no solicitation, and and that's not on Halloween. That's year long. They do not want you under any circumstances, even even if it's a child, to come up. Uh, in their driveway to their home and knock on the door. So please avoid those homes and just go to the ones that you're, again, the area you're familiar with and the ones that have the lights on. And please wear reflective clothing. You know, it's the same thing that we say every year. We don't want anybody darting out into traffic. And it's not just the trick-or-treaters and their parents. It's the motorists, too, in these neighborhoods. We want them to uh, use a bunch of caution on Halloween night. I tell you, on Halloween, if I ever need to be driving at any point, I'm going about eight miles an hour because it's horrifying and terrifying of what, what could happen. But it's also, you know, we've done a lot in recent years. I know a lot of organizations give out the little flashing red lights. But anything that can make you visible at night, especially, I mean, kids are small. You know, kids are small, and if they're wearing a costume, they maybe think about just having the right costume, but think about visibility, and, you know, those are all important considerations, right? Yeah, and in the past few years, we've seen a lot of, of trick-or-treat to start before dark, and, and they've been, and we've asked them to do that many, many years, and uh, they're starting to do that, so we're seeing them earlier and earlier each year. You know, people, I imagine, and parents generally have a lot of concerns. You know, we're all scared for our kids. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, but, you know, when it comes to real safety questions at Halloween, uh, you know, I know back in the day, you know, you know, you hear about these horror stories about things in the candy, and that's why you check all the candy when you get home. Um, my perception is that that's probably, and I mean, you know, you do it because you feel like you have to do it, but it's probably not a real risk. Um, you know, it, it seems to me like, but you t- correct me if I'm wrong, the real most likely way that kids are going to get injured or harmed on Halloween, I would guess, is the traffic stuff. But is that correct? Yeah, that's it. You know, I can't remember the last time that we had some uh, candy brought into the station that that was, you know, somebody deliberately uh, poisoned it or, or, you know, back in the old days you heard about razor blades and apples and things like that. Nobody's going to eat an apple that you got from a strange house. I hope not. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Definitely so. Well, very good. Okay, so good safety tips coming up for uh, for Halloween on Monday. Last thing is, we always like to end with some kind of a myth or a uh, you know a cop misunderstanding. What's the what do you got one for me for today? Yeah, and that's the one where they if you get pulled over by a police officer that you're 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 freaking out. You're going to get a ticket. Your day's ruined. Uh, your bank account's ruined. All kinds of things start going through your mind. 
please, it's not like that. Uh, uh, calm down. A lot of times, more times than not, the officer is going to issue a verbal or a written warning. But a lot of that depends on what you were stopped for. Now, there's a few things that we're, we just will not let go, like speeding in construction, school zones, uh, passing a school bus with a stop sign out, and um, violations that involve uh, children who are not in, in car seats. Those are things that we will not let go that you're going to get a ticket every time for. But the other things, a lot of it depends on uh, the severity of, of the violation and your past history. So the officer can pull your driver's license up on the computer in their vehicle and they can see right away whether you're habitual or you've never had a ticket in your life. And those that have never had tickets just getting pulled over and, and everybody's, a lot of people have been pulled over, can't say everybody, but you remember that just getting stopped was enough. And, and a lot of times the officer realizes that and a citation is just simply not necessary in every case. Putting, putting aside what you discover by pulling up the driver's license on the, uh, the computer, do the, does a police officer pulling you over already know when he or she gets out of the vehicle whether they're intending to write you a ticket or just issue a verbal warning? Or does that decision come after the interaction, after the conversation, and after everything else? It, most of the time it comes after the conversation, after the interaction. The, and again, it depends on what the violation is. So if you've never had a ticket in your life, but you blow past a school bus with a stop sign out, um, it's ticket time. So it, it, it depends on a few things, but the officer knowing before they get out of the car that they're going to write a ticket does happen, but not in every case. If I cry, am I getting out of the ticket? Yeah, you know, uh, you can try that, Andrew. Um, I can tell you, every officer is every officer is different. I always hated that, especially when the young ladies would cry. I, I hated that, but uh, sometimes it's still going to result in a ticket. So, uh, yeah, whether that works or not is uh, you can try that. And let me know what happens. Hey, worked the well, first four times. So, oh, Candy, <laughs> what if Candy cries? You're going to give me a ticket again, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if Candy cries, she'll probably get a lot, a lot further than you. <laughs> well, uh, fair enough. Yeah, hey. you know, he says you're better at crying than I am. All right, yeah, Mike Wood, he is the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Mike, as always, thanks for the time and thanks for the information, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You bet.